You're listening to Kyle Warren. It was the most secure election in all of U.S. history, basically. That's what we heard from the uh, former Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency chief before he was fired by President Trump. But of course, now with new perspective on this Russian hack, which was, well, massive, incredibly massive from what we understand, perhaps the biggest hack in history. It's starting to get pretty dicey, folks. We're going to tell you about that on the program today. Also, Joe Biden says, you know, he doesn't have any concerns about all these allegations about Hunter Biden. Well, stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone, around the globe and across the net. It is the Friday slash weekend edition. That's right, folks. It's the day of the week. When we keep you entertained and informed a little bit more than we do throughout the rest of the week, if that's even humanly possible, and as always, we do our level best to send you off into your weekend with a smile. Oh, thank you very much. A singing host and making his contractually mandated and obligatory appearance here on the program. Folks, welcome to the Friday slash weekend edition. It is Friday, December 18th, 2020. Christmas is a week away, folks. It's a week away. And, uh, well, it's... Uh, it's a lot. It's it, what's well, it's getting. It's going faster every year. It's, this is what I can tell. I don't know if it's a time warp effect or something, but it's definitely it definitely sneaks up faster this year. Uh, it is most welcome, of course, because of everything that's going on in 2020, and of course that means New Year's is right around the corner. And like so many of you, my hope is that the New Year brings uh, a lot better, uh, just a a lot better. Uh, things uh, for all of us. Uh, we're going to be able to do the things that we like to do and want to do and need to do. Uh, somehow the vaccines are going to really be able to kick in. Although we're hearing folks that, well, oh, well, wait a minute, the vaccine may not do exactly what people kind of thought that, you know, led to believe it might do earlier on in the year. You know, if we just had vaccines, you know, we can sort of get back to normal. Uh, nope, that's not what we're hearing in some of these cases. It'll be, well, you know, we'll still be wearing masks and it's still going to take a long, long time. And the vaccine may not do exactly what we thought this kind of thing. And I think that's a terrible, terrible thing. People are wanting to get back to their lives. And presumably, if we're going to be inoculating people and, and eventually uh, probably everybody, um, then uh, hopefully uh, that means we will be able to get back to some sort of semblance of normalcy uh, because uh, people are getting to their to their wits end on things. Not only, of course, uh, because of the, uh, the overall uh, issue having a a pandemic, but also, of course, the very practical issues of people 
um, losing their jobs, losing their businesses because of shutdowns uh, with no stimulus and it's still still not passed yet. And now it may be $600 a person instead of $1,200 a person as it was earlier in the year. And my question, I think it's a great question, how in the heck are people going to be able to survive if their income has been turned off at their small business, their restaurant, for example, uh, their hair salon, their nail salon, um, the, any other service that is deemed non-essential, um, how are they going to make it uh, without some substantial assistance in all of this? And I'll say this for the new folks who are coming on to the program, and we welcome uh, so many new people all the time. You know, this was done to our country in one form or another, whether it was a deliberate attack or whether it was a mistake and the thing got out and the Wuhan virus spread like wildfire across planet Earth, whichever of those two things it is, then it still is the the net result is the same. And so I think that the American government, of course, has had to respond to this as if it were an attack, uh, only because the people are suffering and we don't fight it with bullets, but we fight it with dollars and we fight it with research. We fight it with coming up with a vaccine and trying to make people whole who were following the rules and when the bottom fell out. So again, um, hopefully, uh, the vaccines are going to have a very, very good effect. Um, uh, Vice President Mike Pence has already uh, had the vaccine administered to him. Um, and uh, others, of course, are already starting to get the vaccine at some of these some of these uh, uh, very visible levels. And of course, also, you're talking about um, uh, getting first responders. And, and I think the most vulnerable people in our population, they really need to go first uh, in the first round, that is, uh, in order to make sure that they have the best defense uh, against this uh, possible. And of course, then it will begin to filter out through the population as well. Uh, well, once again, folks, we have so much to tell you about on the program today. We're going to talk about Hunter Biden. We've got a, a clip from uh, Joe Biden being interviewed by Stephen Colbert. Uh, we've got other audio clips uh, for you. Uh, we've got a clip from uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Um, and uh, we've got all kinds of other stories to tell you about. And plus, a little bit later in the program, we're going to be listening in to some of my parents from earlier uh, this week on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program with host Captain Matt Bruce, of course, going out along the Salem Media Group of Stations and the GCN Network. And of course, I'll be a guest later tonight, early uh, Saturday morning, depending on your time zone. And I'll be a guest on the Captain's America Third Watch uh, as well. And uh, so I hope that you can join the captain and I because we will have a complete wrap up of all of the day's political events, uh, what's been going on this week, of course, uh, plus other news that you may not be hearing uh, in some other parts of the uh, mainstream media, taking your phone calls as well, and uh, we hope to see you live on the radio tonight. That all happens at 11.05 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time, and simply go to KyleWarrenShow.com for links to listen live uh, to the Captain's flagship station of AM860, The Answer, there in uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, um, okay, so let's start with this. The Russian hack. Uh, this is really just uh, it's just it's gargantuan. There's there's no doubt about it. This from Fox News though. After government hack, media mum on ex cybersecurity chief highlighted for contradicting Trump's fraud claims. Many in the media wanted to talk to Christopher Krebs, the nation's former top cybersecurity official, when he disputed President Trump's unproven allegations of voter fraud. 
but his name appears to come up less frequently now that his former agency is being scrutinized in the wake of an apparent Russian cyber attack that began in March, but was only publicly revealed this week. Krebs, headed the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, until Trump fired him in November. He had called the 2020 election, quote, the most secure in American history, unquote, and said there was no evidence of changed, deleted, or otherwise compromised votes. Well, you know, I, I would be remiss unless uh, if I didn't say, well, I, except for the dead people that voted, except for the people that had a vacant lot as their voter registration uh, address, uh, except for the votes that were, um, you know, in, and according to some of this eyewitness testimony, Xeroxed copies, basically, or run through the machine several times, or the fact that the Dominion machines were designed to be fraudulent uh, in the sense of being able to uh, weight the votes, manipulate the votes, all this kind of stuff for elections in places like Venezuela, stuff like that. That's according to the reports that I've seen. And on and on it goes. Oh, I oh, oh also, of course, kicking the uh, the poll watchers out, uh, for example, in Pennsylvania, the, all the Republicans uh, have to leave the room now. Oh, and then oh, we're going to we're going to put up the cardboard uh, so you can't see what's happening or you can stand 30 to 40 to 50 feet over there. And then uh, you can observe. <laughs> you can observe the vote tallying and the, all the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence. So don't worry about it because that's what Krebs was talking about, right? Uh, back to the article. He garnered a lot of media coverage for contradicting the president appearing on a slew of television news programs. Christopher Krebs defended election integrity. Trump fired him, read a PBS NewsHour headline. He even appeared on CBS's 60 Minutes in late November where he was asked about the dismissal. But although the former CISA chief was also the head of the federal government's cyber defense operation tasked with securing federal networks and protecting critical infrastructure, his name appears to come up less in connection with the breach. Well, once more again to the breach, my friends, right after this. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit AMVETS.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. <laughs> Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. 
That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Ron Edwards. And we are back, folks. And we are continuing to race through and rocket through the Friday slash weekend edition. So much more to tell you about. And don't forget, I'm on Parlor now. You can go over to Parlor and you can find me at Kyle Warren Show. That's at Kyle Warren Show on Parlor. You can also go to kylewarrenshow.com. There you'll find everything you need to hear the program, subscribe to the program, and of course, find me on Facebook, other social media as well. And we keep going up and up and up, just like the music is doing right there, folks. And that, that is, there's really only one reason for that, and that is you, the listener. And uh, really want to thank you so much for listening to the program, for checking in, for uh, subscribing to it, uh, for liking the program on social media, for joining me on Parlor. All these things really appreciate it. Welcome to everybody listening on uh, Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podcast Republic, Spotify. Spotify, uh, CastBox, and others. So we're getting uh, people from all over the country, uh, different parts of the world as well. Uh, but welcome to everybody. I don't have time to name every every state, but welcome to everybody from Texas, Florida, California, uh, from Colorado, from Massachusetts. Uh, welcome to everybody listening. We really appreciate it. Um, okay, so let's let's continue here. Uh, we of course uh, we're looking at the uh, what's going on on this Russian. Uh, hack. Um, so again, uh, Krebs, he's yet, uh, you know, uh, he's not really around a lot, I guess is the thing. Back to this article. Uh, let's see. On Tuesday, CNN published an op-ed he authored, that's Krebs, in which he addressed election integrity and cybersecurity in general, but not the type of hacking that befell the federal government under his watch. As I said in a news briefing, Election Day was just another Tuesday on the Internet, he wrote. Normal sorts of scanning and probing were happening, but we didn't see any successful attacks or damaging disruptions. Yet, the article says, hackers were arms deep in a slew of federal agencies. The infiltration, believed to have been conducted by the Russians, appears to have compromised the Departments of Energy, State, Defense, Homeland Security, Treasure, and Commerce. Well, just those. 
right? Oh, is that all of them? Just, just, just those. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's not funny, but it's this is crazy. Um, he did not his his name did not appear on in CNN's story about CISA and the hack published Thursday. The New York Times published an op-ed from former Homeland Security Advisor Thomas Bossert Wednesday that made no mention of Krebs, although he called CISA's response to the hack sadly insufficient and woefully too late. So it goes on and on, folks. Uh, I guess he was a darling when he was, you know, look at Trump as unfounded, baseless claims about about election fraud. We don't, we don't have that here, right? But now all of a sudden, it's not so good because it obviously means, wait a minute, why are we listening to this guy? Exactly. Um, okay, so <laughs> from that, uh, let's, well, let's do another a story that, about how everything um, is sometimes not what it seems. This also from Fox News. Um, Kevin McCarthy, GOP House Leader Kevin McCarthy said Friday that an FBI briefing on Representative Eric Swalwell's contact with an alleged Chinese spy made clear one thing. The California Democrat should not have access to the nation's secrets. Hmm, you think? And of course, Kevin McCarthy, he had never been briefed on this. Um, and uh, he finally got a briefing, and I think it happened earlier today on Friday, and uh, Pelosi was in the briefing again as well. Uh, obviously, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy can't talk about the specifics of what the FBI knew when it knew it and what they told Eric Swalwell about Fong Fong. Uh, but, uh, but obviously, what he is saying is this is really, this is very, very heavy duty. What he is saying is that from what we do know, um, Eric Swalwell should not be on the Intelligence Committee. And I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this, none of this makes any sense. Uh, it is very scary. Um, it is um, uh, the kind of thing that if you saw this in a movie, you would be saying, this is, um, you know, it's so obvious, you know, what, what's happening. And of course, Swalwell's not confirming anything about any kind of relationship of any kind of ship at all with, with uh, Fung Fung. Um, but one would think that he would want to, uh, that he would, and especially if there was really, you know, it, I think people want to hear Swalwell come out and say, I, I had no specific relationship or any kind of romantic relationship, shall we say, um, with Fung Fung. And so if he, if he didn't, he should just say that. He shouldn't just tell us it's all classified. Um, because obviously if he wants to salvage his political career, uh, he would do such a thing. And of course, the other real question is why hasn't Nancy Pelosi taken him off of the, of the, uh, uh, intelligence committee. Now what happens on the intelligence committee folks is that those, uh, those, uh, elect members of Congress, basically those select members of Congress, I should say. Um, they get access to a lot of the same stuff that, for example, the president uh, will have access to. They know some of these different secrets and, you know, in, in the sense of national security, uh, things that are coming against us like Russian hacking, one would think, or Chinese uh, spycraft, that kind of thing. And so in order and, and to have somebody who is under this cloud, Okay, I'm, it's all alleged, and I get it, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, simply, I'm simply saying, no matter what, because our nation's national security is so important, 
um, we can't afford to have Swalwell sitting there on the Intelligence Committee. Um, in fact, I heard Kevin McCarthy earlier today when he basically said, yeah, he should not be on the Intel Committee. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of people questioned, how did he get there in the first place? He, he wasn't he's not a, a, a big famous member of Congress. He doesn't have a whole lot of stuff under his belt. He doesn't come from, uh, you know, a big national security background or, you know, experience. It's it's kind of he's the Hunter Biden of the of the Congress, it looks like. But yet he gets this plum assignment on the House Intelligence Committee and then there's Fung Fung, right? Okay, so I, I think we understand kind of kind of what's going on. So House Speaker Pelosi um, needs to do the right thing here. And I'm not talking about ejecting him from Congress per se, but she, he should be taken off of the Intelligence Committee for now, at least, I mean, I'll even couch it in those terms, but obviously he needs to be off permanently, I think. But even so, I mean, even just for appearances sake, Nancy Pelosi should do something because you would you would bet your bottom dollar if this was a Republican. And we found out that Fung Fung had had known a Republican congressman since they were a city council member and they bundled all the um money and then they uh placed an intern in their office and on it went and if it was a republican everybody would say oh oh my oh my goodness she turned out to be a chinese spy okay well maybe he's not on the intelligence committee right now you see that's a big difference between the conservatives and the democrat party officials democrat party officials um just soldier on with whatever it is that they want to do because because um, th they just feel like, well, it just doesn't apply to us somehow. And I'm oversimplifying, of course, but the party officials do take advantage of conservatives and and folks that have a general perspective of, oh, wait a minute. You know, well, we better not have this happening. So at the very least, we got to stop the we, we got to stop the, the the leak here. Right. Or we got to stop or a potential leak. We, we, we just have to we have to take that out of the equation and then try to unwind what what happened, potentially backtrack it, figure it out and make sure and find out if anything did get passed overtly or covertly or inadvertently or whatever i'm and again i'll just even i'll give the best kind of construction on it maybe swalwell you know i'm not quite too sure about you know whether or not he's uh would be savvy about this kind of stuff um so just even saying that and i'll just say that as a basis here well maybe he didn't know what secrets could have been transcripted or, or tran transmitted uh to fung fung or through fung fung or to fung fung's operatives or anything to do with fung fung i don't know but if that's the case then at the very least we we ought to make sure that we're we're doing something that is that is gonna you know i don't know restore security you know that seems like a dumb idea i'm sure to the party officials but to everybody else um it makes total sense and so Nancy Pelosi really showing her true colors here, showing that, uh, you know, and unless she makes a, a real bold move here, that's, you know, kind of Speaker of the House kind of move, you know, Speaker of the House kind of stuff where, OK, well, I'm going to take care of business. I don't know. Don't hold your breath, because the whole time Swalwell was out there about a Russian dossier. OK, and Donald Trump's an agent of Russia. 
All the while, he could have been, according to what we see so far, and we'll get more information, and one point it'll be confirmed, hopefully one way or the other, but all the while he potentially compromised by a Chinese spy? Are, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, and he's out there saying what he was saying about Donald Trump, which was also proven to be false. He's not a Russian agent. Well, that's what You're it's like. Stay Warren. right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on The Kyle Warren Show. Let's face it. New York Governor Cuomo is the Grinch trying to literally kill both the Empire State and the greatest city in the world. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, for several years, New York State residents have endured taxes that are among the highest on earth. Many New Yorkers have left the Empire State and are streaming to lower tax havens like Florida, Texas, Tennessee. Many millennials have left New York City and are finding opportunities in revived cities like Cleveland and growing cities like Austin, Texas. What Cuomo and almost every Democrat governor and mayor refuse to recognize is that lower taxes cause economic growth and much lower and in some cases no financial deficits because more economic activity increases revenues which pay for needed services like police and fire protection. A less burdensome government allows people to be more productive. After Grinch Cuomo's overregulations, high taxes chased away many people out of New York, causing a $13.5 billion shortfall. His solution? Of course, increase taxes even more, which will only magnify the exodus out of New York, along with his shutdowns, could kill the greatest city in the world. Mm-mm-mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Friday slash weekend edition. It is uh, Friday, December 18th, 2020. Hope that you got all your Christmas shopping done. Uh, probably most of it online, um, I would anticipate. And uh, I wish you just a great Merry Christmas as we come up on Christmas week next week. Uh, we're going to have some special shows and a and our Christmas tradition here on the program. And for those of you new to the program, I hope that you can tune in uh, as we head through the week uh, because we have some very special uh, Christmas stuff uh, in uh, uh, planned uh, for you uh, as we uh, head towards uh, Christmas Eve uh, next week on Thursday. Um, okay, so basically we're still looking at what's going on with Hunter Biden and um, Joe Biden, now President-elect Biden, uh, was on the, uh, was well, was interviewed by Stephen Colbert and Colbert asked him about uh, his son, of course, Hunter Biden. Um, and uh, but of course, what Joe Biden then goes on to say is that, you know, he's got great confidence and this kind of thing. Well, well let's let's just listen in here real quick. Then we'll then we'll talk about it. Here's um, this is I think it was a 60 minutes interview, I believe, uh, but uh, done with um, a late show host Stephen Colbert. We have great confidence in our son. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I am not concerned about any accusations been made against him. It's used to get to me. I think it's kind of foul play, but uh, look, it is what it is. And uh, he's a grown man. He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in pretty pure intellectual capacity. Um, and uh, and as long as he's good, we're good. Um, and as a father, I understand that, and 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 I I admire that. But I mean, in terms of your job as president, can you reach across to the aisle to people who will be using this? as an attack on you when it is such a personal attack because it's about family. But if it benefits the country, yes, I really mean it. So there you have. Uh, uh, all right. Well, again, I, no, that was the just late show with Stephen Colbert. I don't think it was, in fact, a 60 Minutes interview unless they're going to air it there. I, I don't know for sure. But at any rate, that's an interesting um, uh, response uh, and for, by both of them, by Colbert and by Biden, uh, because, you know, Joe Biden goes, well, we have great confidence and this kind of stuff. And then Stephen Colbert says to him basically, well, you know, how does this feel? You, you know, it's to have, you know, as a dad and and this kind of thing. And there are you know, they you know going to try to they're, essentially it was Joe Biden saying is they're trying to get to him in this way. But can you first of all, first of all, can you imagine what it would be like if uh, it, it, it again, if we were talking about President Trump and his uh, grown kids and their business dealings, it would be this is you know Trump is the devil and you know, it would go on and on. Um, but with with Biden, it's a wholly different thing, as you can tell. And uh, and of course, it's not about just trying to get Hunter Biden to try to get to uh, to Joe Biden. The, the real question is here is what does actually track back to Joe Biden in these emails, right? Uh, what Bob Alinsky has been talking about. What is who is the big guy? Looks like it's Joe Biden. What about 10 million dollars here and others and getting this a big account over there and having office keys made? So Joe Biden has it. That's the question. How does it really track back? And I, that's not a, uh, a try to attack your son to make you feel bad. This is a these are real questions. And this story was suppressed. Right. But now it may start coming out a little bit. But it would be wholly different if it was Trump and uh, what, Eric Trump or Don Don Trump Jr. Uh, well, we don't have time, unfortunately, to hear the clip from Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. But I will simply say this. Uh, he talked about some of these remedies that uh, uh, President Trump might have, in, have, including he said this on Newsmax, including uh, using military capabilities to try to rerun elections in swing states. But that's not going to happen. That is that is simply that's uh, that's too far out of the blue. It's it's it, that's something that I don't think would ever, ever occur uh, at all. And uh, but uh, we'll stay tuned and see how uh, some of these other challenges go. Well, folks, uh, now is the time to listen in as we do at every week at this time uh, to my uh, to an appearance I made earlier this week on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. Without further ado, take it away, Captain. First of all, we got a really nice email from Amy. Uh, Amy said, uh, thank you, Captain, for uh, my com- for mentioning my comment Wednesday about the uh, uh, communist prostitution. And I, I'll rethink my use of sarcasm in the future with a smiley face. She says, AOC is uh, anti-capitalist, except possibly when it comes to sex work. Sadly, the workforce is serving the people who are willing to do uh 
menial labor, okay? Spends, uh, state schools uh, spend more time teaching uh, uh, your body your choice than the value of good hard work. I'm so grateful for your program as I bake bread in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, you have excellent guests, especially Denise Simon. Thank you uh, for saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and God bless you, and God bless the show, uh, Amy. Wow, that's yep. a great email, absolutely. Yep, and anytime somebody takes the time to really write a message like that, I'm going to mention it. Now, we also had a little problem down here uh, this afternoon, yesterday afternoon, in my backyard. We had uh, our, our Florida tornadoes that usually people just laugh about and go, uh-huh, sure, right. Well, we knew we had water spouts coming, but we didn't realize what was going to happen, and we had a what looks like was an EF2 that touched down about a mile away from where I'm at that uh, selectively uh, skipjacked around, did some damage. Nobody was hurt, thank God. But there's people right now that if they're listening to me, they're listening on a battery-powered radio or they're listening in their cars because they've got no power. Maybe they've lost the roof to their house or siding is off. Some businesses got damaged, but it was uh, uh, quite an event for about two hours yesterday as these um, this tornado went 50-some-odd miles inland uh, skipjacked around uh, Pinellas County and then Hillsborough County here in Florida and then Polk County before it uh, kind of all ended about an hour or so uh, later. But, boy, what a, what a, what a mess. I, well, I can imagine, Captain. And uh, weren't you? You were out on the road and you were... I was on the bridge. Yeah. I was on the Howard Franklin Bridge when it hit, and we had uh, reported gusts of 73 miles an hour out there, which I, I we did. Believe me, we did. I got over to the right. I couldn't see anything. Uh, just like anybody else was out there. And everybody slowed down, but I got over to the right, uh, which is where you could follow the guardrails. So that's the only thing that you could really see when it rained so hard and the rain was sideways and every other thing that happens down here with these tropical uh, uh, storm conditions because that 70-mile-an-hour wind was a tropical storm. Uh, and uh, it was kind of rugged for about uh, two or three miles of my journey, but once I got over the other side of the hump, what we call the hump of the bridge, I was out of it, and I drove up to the airport, and as I got out of my car, boom, hit again. Wow. <laughs> so, Very scary, yeah. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't scary. I, we're used to it, but we don't expect that, uh, you know, we're going to get something like that because usually it's nothing, these mm-hmm. these these uh, these uh, uh a water spouts when they're seen out there and they come in, they go, well, there's rotation in it. We just laugh usually, but not this time. Yeah. So it's, it's rare that that happens, but when it does, it can be very, very destructive. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the Southern end of what's going up the East coast right now, uh, way up there in New York, which thank God I'm not up there cause I don't want to shovel snow and boy, they've got a foot, foot and a half of snow. I think they said Binghamton had 16 to 18 inches and they had a 12, uh, 12 inch amount, uh, over somewhere, uh, Scranton or somewhere down the line there. Um, and then even New York was getting four to five inches of snow, and that's going to make life miserable tonight there. Oh, it certainly is. And we know, Captain, that along the eastern seaboard, a lot of people are being told, you know, stay home this is because of this storm. Oh, yeah. And and massive multi-car pileups out there, too, on some of the roads. So that's the other reason they're telling them. Uh, and uh, good morning to Richard and the Marine in the chat room. All right. Uh, let's uh, mention here real quickly uh, – What's going on here with this uh, Iranian uh, stuff and the and the uh, 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 the Chinese uh, info that's coming in right now about the report of foreign meddling in the U.S. vote, uh, which is coming out late 
as the debate over China is uh, going back and forth right now. Well, that's that's right. Um, basically, what the DNI, John Radcliffe, said uh, earlier yesterday on Wednesday, Captain, is that career officers in the intelligence community say that they have received uh, relevant reporting since the election, and a number of agencies have not finished coordinating yet on the product. So it is not going to be ready just yet. But when it is ready, I'm sure it's going to be incredibly interesting to go over. Yeah, and hold that thought. And folks, when we come back, uh, we have been getting constantly hacked constantly hacked by elements from Russia and perhaps another country since March. And we're going to talk about that. It all may be related in what we're talking about now with the interference uh, from foreign countries trying to get into our electric process here. Be right back. You're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch. Heard live right here on this station from 2 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Overnight, Monday through Saturday. Call 877-969-8600 and tell us what's on your mind. You're listening to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug into e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plug in. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last year. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. Yes, that's right, and class is in session. Folks, welcome. 
Back to the Friday slash weekend edition. And thank you again, Mr. Ron Edwards. And we heard a brand new Edwards notebook earlier in the program as well. And uh, folks, uh, don't forget, you can find me on Facebook, uh, friend me on Facebook. Simply go to KyleWarrenShow.com. I'm also on Parlor, of course, at Kyle Warren Show. Let's get right back to my appearance on the Captain's America Third Watch with Salem host Captain Matt Bruce from earlier this week. Take it away, Captain. Hi, this is Mike Gallagher. You're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch with Captain Matt Bruce. Yes, you are in this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. Now, how about giving a unique Christmas gift to somebody that's in pain? This is a gift I'm telling you right now because of its natural ingredients, 100% drug-free, that uh, will help anyone that's in pain because it goes right straight to the source of the pain. It lowers and even eliminates pain associated with exercise, everyday living, or whatever the problem is you might happen to have. By the way, it also uh, helps to support the body's natural response to inflammation, and that's one of the main reasons why I take it because I have a left ankle and a left leg that swells up because of what happened to me at the World Trade Center to that leg, and it stops it. I take it twice a day, and it just stops it from doing it. And uh, once in a while, I'll have to take an extra dose, uh, like I did uh, a couple weeks ago for a different problem I was having, where some swelling was involved, and it went away. Just as fast as I took it, it went away. That's all I can tell you. So if you want to alleviate pain at the source, and you want to help somebody out that suffers with chronic pain, give them the gift this Christmas of being pain-free. Give them a chance and let them see what happens. You can go to the website they gave me, relieffactor.com slash captain, relieffactor.com slash captain, and um, sign up for the quick three-week quick start. It's only nineteen ninety-five, twenty bucks. the three-week quick start. Give it to somebody and see if you can help them get out of pain. What a great Christmas gift that would be. All right, relieffactor.com slash captain. And back to Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. Okay, so let me just uh, read this. The Trump administration has long held that Beijing was doing more than Moscow to tamper with U.S. elections to uh, the department uh, uh, or to the detriment of President Trump's uh, re-election bid against Joe Biden. And it appears, according to the DNI director, um, that John Ratcliffe, that that is exactly what the case is. But now we're waiting on this uh, uh, report that's supposed to come out, which is running late because of all the other nonsense that's going on in Washington right now. Well, that's exactly right, Captain. And, of course, that's right. This has to do with uh, possible efforts by China, Iran, um, in terms of their efforts to try to influence the election in some way, according to these uh, according to these reports. But um, honestly, either way, with a Trump administration or a Biden administration, we were bound to hear more and more about China as as we go through this next year, certainly over the next four years. Uh-huh. I think the only difference is going to be what kind of things we're going to be hearing about China under a Trump or Biden administration. Under the Biden administration, I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, shall we say, cozying up. Um, there's going to be a lot of damage control, I think, that's going to be done by the by a Biden administration regarding our relationship with China. Um, and uh, so uh, strap in and get, uh, get, get comfortable because th- there's going to be many different events, I think, that are going to affect our geopol- geopolitical relationship with China under a Biden administration. Well, Senator Tom Cotton had a unique comment to make about all of this. He says the uh, Chinese spy with uh, Eric Swalwell deal shows the pers- 
persuasive threat of China today, which also includes our recent election. And that's what Senator Tom Cotton said. He didn't elaborate that much, but uh, he put the thought out there that China had something to do with uh, trying to intertwine in our election. And I don't doubt that for a second. Well, well, certainly, see, here's the thing. No, no matter what, see, China has a lot of resources uh, to be able to, to put to these kinds of things, not just in, in the sense of an election or an election year, but overall. I mean, uh, according to what we know so far, and again, this is just according to public reports, but it seems like this particular young lady, Feng Feng, who had uh, some kind of relationship with Eric Swalwell dating back now several years, uh, until evidently now she's back in China, according to a statement, I think, from Swalwell's uh, people, basically. Amazing, uh, amazing. They would know that. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And so, but, but again, what we're seeing is, uh, I think, just the tip of the iceberg, because you have um, a geopolitical foe. Um, overall, I mean, there's business that's done back and forth, but honestly, uh, you have just like with any other major country in the in the on the on the planet Earth, you have to be able to uh, to anticipate different moves and so forth. So that's not unusual. But they certainly have the resources to look after politicians and see how they. In fact, the video that's gone viral, Captain, really explains it all. They, they say that they have people in very high places in American business, in the American government. All these things, you know, it's like all's fair in love and war. Well, this is one of those things where they're able to leverage their own uh, resources, money, power, influence in order to get what they want. And that's why it was so important, I think, for President Trump to be able to change and really flip the script with China, especially um, and now hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll get a chance to continue that. But um, I don't know about that, of how that would look under a Biden administration. Well, Joe Biden says that he's confident that his son Hunter has done nothing wrong amidst the federal probe into his tax affairs. Meanwhile, President Trump is now talking about a potential special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, uh, Biden after the uh, resignation of Attorney General Barr. Don't know if that'll happen or not. Well, that's right. Uh, the the only thing with the special counsel may be the only way that we'll ever really get to the bottom of whatever it is about Hunter Biden, his relationship with China, uh, the the tax issues, Ukraine, you name it. Uh, it's just it, it, without a special counsel, uh, it, we uh, when uh, if Biden comes into office, he will simply get rid of all these investigations. Basically, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I was beginning to think, well, maybe he might try to let them go for uh, appearances' sake. But the more I think about it, I, I think that he would want to shut it down. And guess what, Captain? He would have total media coverage, or uh, that is to say, be covered by the media, in in the sense that they wouldn't make this a big deal. It would just be maybe a footnote, maybe a, a quick little something at the end of a newscast somewhere. Uh, but again, this Hunter Biden story may begin to transcend things, and that's why we need to know exactly what happened. Because if it tracks back to Joe Biden as a president, I mean, that could be devastating. It would be devastating to any presidency, for example. Well, the dissertation that's out there and the uh, discourse between the two political parties was uh, on display totally yesterday when uh, Senate Committee uh, Chairman Ron Johnson uh, exploded after a Democrat was accused of pushing disinformation. He said, you lied repeatedly. You lied. You lied. I told you to be quiet, and you lied. You got out there and you lied. That's right. And and this is, it's not coming to blows in, that, in, the, in the traditional sense, but it's, 
pretty close verbally, certainly, um, and in terms of the of the bad blood, evidently that would that will exist there now. But you know, Captain, during the last four years, when we saw so many of these Democrat senators, uh, uh, congressional representatives, uh, politicos, uh, you name it. Um, they would go on and on with the Russian collusion stuff and all that kind of thing, and it really has damaged our ability to, to come together in any way, shape, or form. I, I hate to say it. That's why when, when President-elect Joe Biden says it's time to heal, time to turn the page, it, it's kind of like, you know, well, wait a minute. You, you guys were the ones who were creating this this horrible bad blood for years, and that message just falls flat. Americans want to be united. There's no doubt about it. But, um, but again, it was, it was throw everything out the window only in order to gain political power and try to unseat a duly elected president of the United States. And that doesn't go away very quickly on its own. Yeah, and caller, hang on the line there, because we're coming up on a hard break here, and I'll take you on the other side of the break. I know who's, who's on the line there, so he, I believe he'll, he'll wait. Uh, but uh, I just want to expand on that by saying the tweeter, uh, tweet, tweeter, tweeter, uh, or the twits, or whatever you want to call them over there, right? Twitter, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm trying to get funny here. Uh, the twits of Twitter are saying that they're going to expand the policy to combat the harmful, misleading tweets about the COVID-19 vaccines. Really? Who appointed them doctors? Well, again, see, this is the difference. Is this like a Dr. Jill thing again? I don't know, but but it does go to the platform versus publisher issue. And Alan Dershowitz recently chimed in on this, Captain. He he did very well. Uh, You know, it's, it's one thing to be able to be a platform where people can can say say what they want uh but if if they start trying to regulate things that are said even if i think if they if they would say well we're we're just doing this in the public interest and and so forth but quite frankly yeah you're right i mean they don't know um, we don't know per se uh we just have to try to get all the information we can and make a really really good decision on what to believe about certain things and if you if you begin to suppress it or say people can't say what they want to say then then you're a publisher so if you want yeah. to be a publisher now you don't have the immunity that the, you enjoy at this point yeah and folks are getting ready to take a hard break here when we come back from the break i'm going to talk about something the judicial watch wrote about yesterday and that is the fact that a u.s city is talking about passing duress legislation to give criminals a poverty defense so that they don't get charged criminally with stealing things that they need that they're going to sell for money for oh they needed groceries so they needed to pay their car bill oh they needed to pay their mortgage really is life that bad do we got to do that now anyway kyle hold on caller i'll get right to you folks we will be back with more right after this break you're listening to the captain's america third watch Heard live right here on this station from 2 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time, overnight Monday through Saturday. Call 877-969-8600 and tell us what's on your mind. All right. Thank you so much, Captain Matt Bruce. Always a pleasure, folks. Thanks for listening today. We will see you on the radio tonight and right back here next week. Until then. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there.